You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. There is just something about that name. Because how can you explain it? That a sinner man can be transformed. Person you used to know before. That used to be an addict of something. And all of a sudden, because he just mentioned the name Jesus, there is a change. How can you explain it? There must be something about that name. That demons tremble at the mention. What is about this name? There must be something. I wonder if Apostle Paul said that I may know him. Because it's a mystery. Mystery surrounding this name. So powerful. How can it be? But at the mention of this name, Sickness begins to disappear. There must be something about it. Something that I had been by my side here for many years. Not 10 years, not 15. And one night, it came again like an arrow. And I put my hand there and shouted, Jesus! And immediately and instantly, the pain left me until today. There must be something about that name. There must be something. Somebody shout hallelujah. And you may be seated. Last Wednesday, I started to talk about, talk to us on a topic on the message I titled, Our Main Calling. Our Main Calling. So that after the Jericho experience, I began to study the movement of the Israelites once again. Before then, I was taking my time to look at the life of David. Trying to study the strength of David. The weaknesses of David, the strength of David, his failures, his opportunities. After the Jericho experience, that word, you have stayed enough. Break camp and advance. Went back to look at the lives of these people. Was it about them? What is special about them? Then I stumbled into this message, our main calling. And the Spirit of God began to teach me why they were so important to God. Why God could go to any land to defend them. Because he was looking for a people. Exodus chapter number 19, we are reading from verse number 1 to verse 8. Exodus chapter 19, from verse number 1 to 8. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt. You know, one thing again is that recently I observed that Mama always quotes NLT. You know, I can be very curious. When I see you do one thing over, 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 I'll begin to find out why you do that. So recently, I observed a quote from NLT. And I began also to use NLT as part of, as one of the scriptures I use for my studies. And for here, 
NLT said, after they had broken camp. Broke camp. Okay, exactly two months after Israelites left Egypt. They arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. Verse number two. After breaking camp at, okay. These uh, people are in the spirit. <laughs> After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Now go back to NIV. Just wanted to pick that place. Back to NIV in verse number three. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. For you yourself have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on a girl's wings and brought you to who? To who? To Overcomers Church? To who? Myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep, my, and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth, although the whole earth is what? Mine. Verse number six. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Verse seven. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and said before them all the words of the Lord, all the words that the Lord had commanded him to speak and ate. The people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. Last time I showed you that when it was just a few hours for them, after they had broken camp, a few hours for them to step into the promised land, Moses called them. Even though Moses knew he had just a few days to go. At that point in time, you will know or think that a sensitive leader will take the little time left to teach his people how to fight, and how to win the battle. Moses did not tell them or teach them the strategies of warfare or ask them to sharpen their swords, test the skill and strength of their horses. No. The Bible said that Moses, and when they were about to enter, called them and said, remember what the Lord said to you on Mount Sinai. That if you will obey him, say so you will enter into this land that flowed with milk and honey. So entering in that, into that promised land was not as important to God as the relationship he wanted to build with his people. And so I saw here that the main purpose of God's calling is not to serve. However, today, in the world today, we live in a performance-driven world. So I told us, the world we live in today is a performance-driven world. Everybody wants to be assessed by his performance. Everybody wants to compete to be assessed. In companies, your performance is what determines how high you go. For those of us who are managers here, you know who your valuable staff is. You value them based on their performances. So it is a performance-driven world. And so because it is a performance-driven world, most of us now think that the way God assesses is by our services, the things we do for him. 
But that is not the main thing. God can do everything for himself. These Israelites are very stubborn people. Tell you, after the Jericho experience, I had to go back to the Bible and begin to study. Very stubborn. Towards the end of Joshua's life, I guess around 20, Joshua 22, 23 and all that, you could see the anger in Joshua, the way he was speaking to the people. That to the extent at some point he said, who is on the Lord's side? If you are on the Lord's side, I am tired of hypocrisy in the church. It's either you are for God or you are not for God. He said, right now, if you are on the Lord's side, to my right. If you are not, to my left. And he said to them, God has asked me to tell you. All the other nations before you, I will not drive out anymore. I will leave them as a snare to you. Because they provoked God. So God called them not to fight the battles. Not to go and get those things. You know, when Saul went to fight, God said to him, when you enter, kill the king of Og. Everything you see, animal, kill all of them. After fighting, the Bible says he saw a cow that was very fat. Then he said, this must be good for sacrifice. He brought it. And God said to him, you are rejected. What have you done? It's obedience, not better than sacrifice. What I desire from you is the devotion, the commitment. For all the sheep on a thousand hills are mine. If I'm hungry, I will take them. So he was rejected by God. Not because he did not serve well. No. So these days we pride. We want to pride ourselves in the things we have done for God. That's what we do. Working for God should just be secondary in our lives. Because it is who you are devoted, devoted to that you will be excited to work for. If you are not devoted to a man, you only play eye service when you see him. And when he's not there, you talk nonsense. One day, I was almost living in the garden. I was crying. When I say crying, I was visibly crying. I said, Pastor Dave, these are my regrets. With Papa. These are the things. I wanted to do that I couldn't do. You know what he said to me? He said, remember what Papa said, it is not what you do in my presence that matters to me. It is what you do in my back. I began to think about that word and the words began to console me somehow. If you are devoted to a man you serve him when he is present. You serve him when he is not present. That is why God prefers devotion to service. So our service to him must be secondary to our devotion to him. Say, so I called you to myself. Recall what I did to the Egyptians. All those things I did in, uh, uh, to Egyptians were not cheap. But I did not do all things for you to come to live a life of struggle trying to please me by service. No. I did it to carry you on the wings of eagle to myself. It is you that I want. 
That's why I like that song that says, Lord, I worship you. Not your blessings, nor your power, your glory, nor your grace, but you. Lord, I want you. And all else is nothing till I am found in your embrace. It is not about the gift. It is not about the exploits. It is not about the opportunities. It is not about the status. It is not about calling fire from heaven down. It is not about the cars and the houses. It is not about the number of children, beautiful wife and handsome husband. It is about him. We must come to a point where we say, Lord, all I want is you. All I want is you. And I read something from Oswald Chambers. I asked those of us who were here on Wednesday, how many of us have read books uh, by Oswald Chambers? And I guess it was only Pastor Chidebere who said he has, he has read or even know about Oswald Chambers. The man wrote and said, in fact, I put it that he warned that the greatest competition of devotion to Jesus is our service for him. The greatest competition to our devotion to God is service. Our service competes with our devotion to him. And that is why you see somebody pay so much attention on outward appearance. Pay so much attention to the applause of men. We want to do it so that men will clap for us. Because our service competes with our devotion, we think that it is by serving that God appoints us. That is why every time we want to sow a seed, we sow a seed because we think that God is a money doubler. Give me one and I'll give you two. You know, in those days when Papa was with us, I have one behavior. Whenever program is coming up, I write my check before the program starts to submit. Even before I became chairman of event planning committee. And when we started planning, I observed that we'll be planning and looking for money. We will not see money. Nobody wants to give. But right here, a preacher will come. One, one million to support this program. And with this olive oil, I assure you in the next one week, everything about you will turn around. And those who could not, even when Borasisi will stand here to talk and his voice will crack, will not give 20,000, will come out with one million. Because of what? The oil for multiplication. When you are devoted to God, you do not seek the applause of men. Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter number 1, I believe, and if you read from verse number 14 or go back to 13 and down, he said, look, I never understood anything. Okay, but when God who said me, go back a little bit to verse number 13, for you have heard of my previous ways of life in Judaism, very zealous in service. How intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. And verse number 14, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions, traditions of my father. And verse number 15, but when God, 
who set me apart from my mother's womb and did what? Called me by his grace and was what pleased my devotion to him became acceptable. And now 16 he said. Let's see verse 16. Okay, you can find it. All right. To reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. If you read further, he would tell you that the revelation he received was from God. He did not consult the apostles who were super. Those who claim they know it all. That is why when we gather in the meeting of the ESCOs and pastoral team, I tell them that one is the senior pastor does not mean that he knows it all. It's just that one person must be a leader amongst the people. May not be the best. May not be the one who knows it all. May not even be the one who shakes hands with God every morning. But there must be a leader. And we must recognize that. And being a leader does not warrant you to worship. A leader. Remember the angels who came with the message. And John said, I wanted to bow my knee. He said, no, I'm only but a messenger like you are. Praise the name of the Lord. So many Christians are strong in service but are weak in worship. Many of us. Very strong. And you can tell somebody who is so strong in service but weak in worship the way the person comports himself in the house of God. House of God. And what he went for that time when we are going to run that exercise. To see what made the church of the seven days strong and formidable than the church of today. We're going to compare them. We like to show it up. We like to pick up the microphone, preach, and everybody is shouting and clapping. We want to sing and see people clap and shouting. But we don't want to look into the lives that are affected by what we do. The desire of any sincere, genuine pastor is not the excitement, momentary excitement. It's to see your life turn around, changed, reflecting the image of him who has called you. That is the desire of any sincere pastor. That is why we are here in the first place. And if you minister in song, the greatest person that ministers is not the one they clap for. It's not when they clap. It is when people are slain in the spirit. They are murdered in the spirit. You lead them to the third heavens. Where you stand. I don't know how many of us have, have that experience. You are in worship. You have exhausted word. You are looking for what? There is something you feel inside about this God. But you are looking for what to express it. And just in a while, you just realize you can't find any word. And tears begin to drop from your eyes. Tears. Because it's about him. So God wants us to be stronger in worship than in service. <laughs> Papa was preaching here one day and he looked at in the congregation and said, some of you here, I can see you. You are smiling at me, but your heart is far from me. What's your prophet? Let your worship be stronger 
That is what God is looking for. That is the main calling. Want us to know that our God-given work must never compete with our main calling. Whatever God has given to you as a gift, don't let it compete with the call to worship him, to serve him, to honor him. It's not that you cannot sit down in your house and worship God, but when we gather together like this, it makes a whole lot of difference. We gather together. We join hands together. We join face together to worship him, to praise him. But it is surprising that during praise and worship, somebody would have prayed from house, rehearsed so much, and has come here to lift us to the third heavens, and you see some people talking and shouting. When, did you, when, when do you give God that time, by the way? You have not given God the time in your house, in your workplace, you have not given God the time. When you are asleep, God is not there. When you are marrying, God is not there, except when you are sorrowing. Then you come to the church again. You can't give him that time also. You have more days to start to deal to yourself. That single day he asks you to give to him. You give it to him half. You come to church when service is about to close. We behave as say God is not important. If we are inviting the president to come and sit here in our midst, and we say the president will be seated by 10 a.m. Trust me, all of us will be seated here by 8. And when we sit, we just sit quiet. Because we look at the police, the DSS, and everybody, and we are conscious that if you misbehave, Black Maria is waiting outside. They bottle you out, throw you in there. Law is no respecter of persons. But here we are before the Most High God. This is an age and hour when everything is failing. I can tell you for real. I've seen great men. They are no more enthusiastic by it. They are no more excited by the things they have. If you have big car, you can't drive them. How many of you have big car here and you can still go to the east with the big car? How many of you have money and you can still go to the village to show off? It's gone. Everybody is on the run. So wealth has failed. Popularity has failed. And I see these men today. Few of them that I have come in contact with. I see them carry the Bible. Carry the Bible. What are they looking for? The only thing that endures forever. David said, First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse number 3, that in addition to my devotion, have I given what I give? In other words, first and foremost, what is important, David realized and recognized that the most important thing that God required was the devotion. And he said, beside in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of God. You think, you know, sometimes we think that the church needs our money. Church needs our money. I had one woman talk about, you know, marriage. He said, if you think that what your husband needs is food, because you know how to quit, you have missed it because... There are restaurants that cooks better than you are. And he said, if you think what your husband needs is sex, there are sex workers everywhere. But he said the man needs respect. Men don't know how to love. For those of you who say, hey, he doesn't love me, he doesn't show love, he doesn't ask me, hey, headache, uh, this, this, that. 
Men don't have time for that. But they care for their own. That's why if you are not married here, make sure you marry an Anambra man. They are wonderful. Because Anambra man is the only man who takes pride in how his family feels and appears. So you say, forget this, my betrothed slippers. Have you seen my wife? Have you seen my children? And I'm Brahman, take high five. <laughs> David said, oh God, I know that you have gold in your hand. You have silver in your hand. But you need my devotion. So therefore, it is after I have devoted myself to you. In addition to that, have I come. To give unto you my gold, my treasures, my talent, my gift. But the first thing is devotion to him. I don't know how many of us still sing those songs of the old. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And then we were about to say, Don't go with me. Still I will follow. If I don't receive miracle, still I will follow. If I am naked, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. And Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Is it mountain? Is it persecution? Is it nakedness? Is it emptiness? Poverty? He said, no, for in all days we are more than conquerors. Because they that know their God are always strong. And they do what? Exploits. They shall mount up wing like eagle, flying and never be weary, because the Lord God is their God. When you devote yourself to Him, He becomes your defense. Simple. Any day Buhari steps down, all those peripherals of office will disappear. The hundred policemen on his aircraft will disappear, but they will be merciful enough to give him two because he's an ex-president. When you are devoted to heaven and they know it, angels begin to provide escorts, whether you like it or not. I remember when Bankole was Speaker of the House of Representatives. He said one day that when he wanted to travel, he said he wanted to travel and told his aide to please go and buy a ticket for me. He said, buy what ticket? He said, no, you are going to use the presidential jet. He said, what? Presidential jet. Not because you want to, but because of the office you occupy. And so they drove him in a convoy to the presidential tarmac at Abuja there, he stepped down. The captain was already waiting to salute. He walked in. He was saluted. And then he sat down. He said, am I dreaming? Or It was his office that provided it, that made it possible. Not because he was. Bankole, the son of a wealthy parent. No. It was his position. Somebody say, I'm going to devote my life to him from today. All the days of my life, I'll devote my life to him. First King chapter number 2. First King 2. Verse 1 to 4. Brother Sisi, don't worry, I'm careful. Brother Sisi have reminded me that hey, it's only me. When I preach, I exceed time. 
So don't worry, I'm watching time now. <laughs> All right, First King chapter number 2, verse number 1 to 4. Verse number 1 to 4. When the time drawn near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. Number two, I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, act like who? Great men seek Jesus. Those who hit their wife. I say, I'm go see and no, 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 no. It's all you go see, go see Jesus, how much you love him. Observe. What the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his uh, decrees and commands. His laws and regulations as written in the Lord of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. Verse number four. And that the Lord may keep his promises to me. If you are descendant, that was this promise. If you do what the Lord requires, he said the only condition for the Lord to do what he has promised me is to do what the Lord requires. He said if you do what the Lord requires, then he will fulfill his promise he made to me. He said to me, if I do what he requires, then my descendants say, Okay, let me just read another paraphrase. If your descendants, he said, watch how they live. And if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of... And that's why I said that your devotion can make God put you on the top where you become a topic. was exalted. The promise of God came on him. By the way, let us even see what God required before I go to that. Micah chapter number 6. Let's go to Micah. Micah chapter number 6. I want to round up quickly. Let's read 7 and 8. Let's go back to let's go to 7. 7 and 8. Verse 7. Yeah, message, yes. Would God be impressed with thousands of rams? With buckets and barrels <laughs> of olive oil. He said, buckets, barrels. Will God be pleased with all this or impressed? Would he be moved if I sacrifice my firstborn child? What else can somebody give? My precious baby to cancel my sin. Will God be impressed? Verse number eight. For he is already Made, made it plain. How to do what? Live. What to do? What God is looking for in men and women is quite what? Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love for him. And don't take yourself to the last one. Everybody want to go? Take him seriously. That is what the Lord God requires of you. And this is a revelation of what God said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter number 10 and verse number 12, I believe. Revelation. From prophet Micah. From what he said to them in Deuteronomy. Chapter number 10 and verse number 12. They, God was saying, what is it, O Israel, that God requires from you? And now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, not the mansions, not the services, first and foremost, before you serve me. What he requires of you and I, for you and I, Fear the Lord your God to walk in obedience to him. 
to love him, to serve the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul. That is the principal thing that God calls us into. Honor him. And David called his son, reveal the secret of growth. You know, there's this word of God is loaded. A few weeks ago, my wife and my daughter were talking and they were all together. There's something where they were asking and I was just explaining. I saw my daughter was quiet for a while. And then she shook her head and said, man, everything is in the Bible. I told her, yes. There is nothing you want that is not in the Bible. The mind of God is poured out in the scriptures. What does he want? Your devotion first before that service. Because when you are devoted to him and he puts you on top, where you become a topic, do you know the topic cannot only just be positive? Oh, no, 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 no. When he puts you there, he creates work for busybodies. Chris work for them. They are busy talking. And for the one who loves you, he creates work for them also. They are talking. For those who want to be like you, he creates work. You become a topic both for your friends and your enemies. But I pity your enemies. Because the God who is your defender and your fighter may grind them like dust. You become a topic. When Jesus set out and said, I am set out to do my father's will, what happened? He was exalted. And in Luke chapter number 22, the Bible says that at that point, remember, because he has been exalted, the Bible says that the high priest came to arrest him at the time they want to crucify him. They came. And Jesus looked at them. One of his uh, 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 disciples pulled out knife, chopped off one of the servants of the high priest ear. And Jesus said, no, 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 stop that. Don't do that again. Took the ear, placed it back. And then he turned to them and said, this is your hour. You principalities and power, this is your hour. Have I not been with you even in the temple? Were you able to touch me? They said, no. Have I not been walking about? Were you able to touch me? No. It is because I have become a man of the moment. There must be a time to go to the valley. There must be a time to climb to the mountain. But whether I am on the mountain or I am in the valley, the God Almighty is still my God. He said, it's your time now. Time, go ahead and do what you want to do. Remember what he said to Judas. He said, whatever you plan to do, do it what? Quickly as possible. Because when my time comes, tell somebody when my time comes. And eventually the time of Jesus came. They brought him before Pilate. And they said, are you the son of God? The anointed one? He said, with your mouth you have said it. He said, but this hour is my hour. Because I have been exalted to the right hand of my God. In the same book of Luke, where he submitted himself humbled himself. They took him and thought that would be the end. He said, no, 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 no. God has just made me a topic. Make me to appear before you. To jealous me, to fight me, to criticize me, to gossip about me. Look, it is somebody who has something that they will gossip about. If you don't have serious thing to gossip, something in you that people will gossip about. Nobody has time for you. You must have gist. It's so that people will be assigned homework. Eh? They'll be talking. The more they talk, God is carrying you on the ego wings, bringing you to himself. And when you sit down there, you look down on them. You hear their conversation and you cannot but say, I know that my Redeemer lives. It takes time, gives them topic to discuss about. So don't bother yourself when the gatherings are gathering. It is because God is taking you somewhere. It's because they are saying sometimes what you are not seeing about yourself. The day I changed my focus about overcomers church is after a man of God had come 
and then he calls me on phone and said, Brother Dozier, you will have what many churches don't have. You have what it takes to be great. I said, eh, in this church where I am, man. So now I know who I am. I know who I am. I am at the right place. No going bang. That is why I will always be bold to sing that song. Eh? You know, the search is over. Where else am I going? Where else can I find it? The blessing is available. Devotion to God. Your devotion is what he needs. Give it to him. And heaven will begin to fight for you. So just before you call, I have already answered. You know, on Saturday, Wednesday, I told her there are prayers you don't need to pray. Me. There are some prayers I don't bother myself. I don't bother myself. No, I don't bother. Most times, people's pain bother me more than my own. I don't even think I worry about myself like I worry for others. Because I know who I am. I know the God that I serve. That if it pleases him that this is what I should have. I should have it. Told you a testimony. When something, you know, something I was expecting. And all of a sudden, it like it was slipped out of my hand. And I told my, my wife, say, look, God has done more than enough for us. Even if he does not do anything again, we are good. I say, eh? No, when your wife tells you that everything is good, know that everything is good. Otherwise, when we remember that they have not, you have not bought them that car, that their dream car, and we'll tell you what you are talking about. God, you have not finished with us. That clothes. Our pandemic meeting now, August meeting. You know, I was preaching to some people then in the full gospel uh, uh, meeting. And then uh, this young girl, Coppers, I told them that Jesus is coming soon. He said, I cannot talk that again, no. A Bendel girl. It's because God has blessed you. You are married, you have children. You have her. That's why you're saying Jesus is coming. He should not come home. I need to get married. And I said to her, you are one of the people who want to sue heaven. When you hear that the trumpet have sounded, you go to court. Hey, my Lord, I put it that Jesus must not come now. And he must not come. Our master is coming and coming very, very soon. The Bible says he is coming with the rewards in his hands to give unto everyone according to how much his work is. Shall we stand on our feet and begin to appreciate him with an offering of worship and service? What a glorious God we serve! If I give you my lifetime, he will take care of me. He will never, never let me die. My lifetime. My lifetime. Yeah. Lifetime, my lifetime, I will keep God my lifetime. No, if I give God my lifetime, He will take care of me. He will take care of hand and say, my father, here I am. The whole of me. Take everything. Both the one you have given unto me, the one I think I have acquired by my wisdom and by might. Lord, I submit them before you. I humble myself before you. Take me to the top. 
let my devotion ascend unto you. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Tell him, Lord, here I am. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have ever acquired is yours. I am dying, oh Lord. My breath is yours. My strength is yours. My wisdom is yours. My skill is yours. My days are yours. My moments are yours. My good time are all yours. I devote them all to you, O Lord. Let them be accepted. Accept the sacrifices of my life that I present before you today. The Bible says, Give all members of your body as a living sacrifice unto him. Let it be pleasing unto him. In other words, give it up all to him, joyfully and willingly, and then you shall be still and see the performance of the powers and fingers of God upon your life. He said he is your defense. He will be your fighter. He will go before you. He will subdue the kingdoms before you. He will drive the enemies away before you get there. He will prepare a table for you. In the presence of your enemy, your cup shall run over because you devote your time to him. Because you have devoted your time to him, devote all to him. Confess all your weaknesses, all your neglects, confess to him. The areas you've not done well, your heart is telling you, you have not been following him consistently in this way or the other way. Tell him, tell him I am sorry, I come back home. Tell him it's not about what you have. It's not about that car you have given to me. It's not about that money you have given to me. Not about that good job you have given to me. Not about that good wife and children you have given to me. Not about the home and houses you have given to me. Not about the friends, the contacts and connections. Let it be you, O oh Lord, in my life. That when I wake up, I think of you. When I am sleeping, I think of you. When I am walking, I think of you. When I'm eating, I think of you. When men are saying there is a casting down, oh Lord, let me say, there is a lifting up. My Redeemer liveth. In Him I trust. In Him I move. In Him I have my being. Everything I am and will ever be, I hand them over to Him. Lord, take over. Take over, take over, take over my life. Take over everything. Take over everything. Anoint me afresh with new oil. Anoint me afresh, O oh God, with new understanding, with a new spirit, with a new concern, a new zeal, a new love for your house. Let the zeal that will come upon me, O oh Lord, be the zeal for your house. And let it not just come upon me. Let it consume me. Let it consume me. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.